our movements through the countryside the dominoes we're broadcasting from a van now (laughs) (laughs) right yes uh we are broadcasting from a van we have ordered domino's pizza we are making them follow us through the woods yes uh, so they're in pursuit so i may have to stop and uh get a pizza at some point in this episode and then I'll meet the hot and saucy pizza boy of Dixie Highway who's bringing us pizza. It might not be a boy. What if they send us a pizza girl? Oh, that's right. A pizza girl to your door. Oh, yeah. What a country. You know what? I'm going to become so much more patriotic if a pizza girl comes, especially a hot and saucy one. I hope so, for your sake. Yes. Well, how have you been? Good. <laughs> I'm excited about this pizza. I'm excited about this pizza. I'm excited about this candy. Yes, candy is delicious. Yeah. Sweet treat. It is a sweet treat. What's your favorite candy? Uh, Carol Connors. Oh, I like uh, <laughs> runts. No, I like uh, something terrible like cowtails. <laughs> <laughs> I like Reese's Cups. I like... Uh, hurting my teeth by chewing on a tootsie roll <laughs> i'm not a i'm not a tootsie roll fan myself i had a sucker earlier today i went to the bank for work and then i was a sucker because someone slipped us a counterfeit 100 oh yeah yeah uh, the bank people were pretty good good natured about it they're like who keeps doing this and someone said maybe it's an inside job because we'd had some other fake ones come through. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and I was like, it seems possible. That and somebody's like bringing in counterfeit hundreds and swapping them out with genuine ones? Yeah, with genuine uh, well, genuine change. Well, you yeah. You go okay. in and you buy your, your gums and your salves and such. I feel like, I don't know. I've, I mean, I've never worked a cash register at a dollar store but i feel you like hundred dollar bills have to be fairly rare they're pretty rare though we've it was interesting that a bunch of people got them because i looked at the slips i was like maybe i can play detective and see who took the fake hundred but there were too many hundreds no oh. so maybe a bunch of them are counterfeit but some of them are just better than others <laughs> i'm really not sure i've become a real sleuth around that place you become a real sloth around that place. I wish. I work too hard. Yeah. I'm a sucker. Did you end up unloading a truck at all today? No. It was, uh, no. I was, <laughs> no, the truck was late. I went on my lunch break. I was like, well, the other store is not far away, and they've told me the truck is stuck. I was like, what does that mean? Um, and what happened was the truck had sank into the earth like they had tried to drive away (laughs) across the grass right and it had just it had rained a lot and it had just sunk into the wet earth (laughs) which uh only goes to show that's why you don't spill your seed on the dry ground (laughs) someone spilled all their seed back there and made it all wet 
and then I had to fuck around, and now I have to work tomorrow. That sounds miserable. Yeah. The were dri- you, wait, were you not going to work tomorrow otherwise? No, yeah. Oh, that sucks. Maybe I'll call in. Maybe you I'll, should. Maybe I'll just quit. Will you pay me? No. <laughs> you can probably pay me as much as they're paying me and still live comfortably. <laughs> I don't know about that. Okay, well... Especially since we've actually gone down in income in this house as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Are we in a recession? Uh, my household's in a recession. Your Yours will be if you quit your job. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the driver was just laying on the dock like a big lizard. Just taking a nap. Laying on a big flat rock in the sun. <laughs> And I was like, well, no one's doing anything here. So uh, I took a picture and sent it back to my boss. And I'm like, <laughs> can I go? <laughs> uh, that was my day. Excellent. Yeah, that was my um, erotic adventure. Excellent. Well, yeah. I just I just watched Blood for Dracula. Oh, yeah, that's a fine erotic film. Yes, it's, it's delightful. Udo Kier is great. Yeah, it, like him and his uh, servant in the film mm-hmm. all just say everything ridiculously. Like every word that comes out of their mouth is preposterous. Yes, it's. Uh, I didn't like it as much as Flesh for Frankenstein at first, but thinking back on it, I really enjoyed it a lot. It's. Uh, yeah. It's pretty original for a Dracula film. Yeah, if I had to rank them, I think I would rank Flesh for Frankenstein higher. Yeah. But uh, I gave them both four stars on Letterboxd. That's as close as you can get to a five without being a five or a (laughs) 4.5. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I think that it it just, uh, it was slow at a few parts. It didn't drag super hard. It just took a while to do what it was doing without really building any tension. It's a real Dragula. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, welcome to the Raincoat Report. This is Boss here with Jeremy. Hello. This week we're talking about erotic adventures and where to find them. Yes, and uh, one place to find them is in the film The Erotic Adventures of Candy. Yes, directed by Gail Palmer, a Gail Palmer production. Yes. Written by Gail Palmer. Yes. Starring Gail Palmer, narrated by Gail Palmer. Yes. So, yes, uh, The Erotic Adventures of Candy is an interesting film. It is credited to Gail Palmer in every way, although it's up in the air if she did actually direct this or somebody else did. In an interview with Bob Chin, uh, he was asked about this film, and he said that he didn't direct this one or co-direct this one. But it is possible that somebody else directed it and not Gail Palmer because it seems like in a lot of cases she's being credited with things just kind of as a uh, PR move versus an actual thing. Mm-hmm. But she does appear in it. <laughs> she does. Nothing else. Yeah. And she is a narrator as well. This film is starring Carol Connors as Candy. Carol Connors, of course, is an interesting character because she has a career that uh, spans from the uh, explicit hardcore area into uh, slightly more mainstream stuff. I believe she was on Match Game. Oh, there was a serial killer on the dating game (laughs) at one point. That's neither here nor there. Oh, no. She she was on the gong show, not the uh, Match Game. I was wrong on the show. 
Oh, she was on the Gong Show. Yes. How many gongs did she get? Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna look up Carol Connor's Gong Her Show. Her debut on the program in 1977 was as a song and dance contestant. Said Connors, I was awarded nine points by the two men judges and two points by J.P. Morgan. One for each bosom. That seems sexist. I feel like I'm missing some context on this one. J.P. Morgan was a woman who was a retired American popular music singer, actress, and game show panelist. What about the bank? Uh, That's different. So this is J-A-Y-E... P. Morgan, whereas J.P. Morgan is just the the initials, initials. J.P. Morgan. Well, I can't, you're not a cartoon. I can't see how things are spelled when you talk. Uh, you should. You need to fucking get on the internet and get a 3D printer and print out some thought bubbles <laughs> or some word bubbles or something. I don't know. Hook me up to Google Glass and I'll be able to see your thoughts. Uh, No. I want to know what's going on in there. <laughs> but uh, she had roles on uh, Chips. She had uh, a role on My Three Sons, on Run For Your Life, so some TV stuff, but also uh, in porn films such as The Erotic Adventures of Candy and, of course, uh, Candy Goes to Hollywood. Of course. The sequel that I'm sure was shot at the same time considering that the footage of it is in the first movie. Yeah, it's in the credits of the first film, yeah. Candy is a delight, but she is not alone in the cast. We have Georgina Spelvin as her Auntie Craven. Yes. We have uh, John C. Holmes as Mm -hmm. Sean. Yes. Uh, We have John Leslie as Dr. Fillmore Entry. Mm -hmm. We have uh, Paul Thomas as Graham Hollander. It's a delightful cast of characters that uh, will help us experience Candy's erotic adventures. Carol Connor's daughter was the girl in uh, Hocus Pocus. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, pretty sure like the like the one like the teenage one. You know what I mean? I don't remember Hocus Pocus well, that well. She was in it. Okay. So you can draw a direct line from this film to the Disney Corporation. So we will be watching the prequel to Hocus Pocus. We're going to see her conception. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably. All right. Well, that's as good a place to uh, take a break as any. So hang on and we'll be right back to talk about Hocus Pocus Zero, The Erotic Adventures of Candy. <laughs> always a mystery that keeps me guessing i like to keep our relationship spicy thank you and unpredictable wow <laughs> <laughs> so uh the erotic adventures of candy opens up with uh candy 
walking around the uh, college campus. The campus, yes, the <laughs> the campus of her college, to the uh, candy theme song. It's not bad. It's an okay theme song. Yeah. It's no Frankie and Johnny, but no, not at all. But not uh, every song can have such a storied tradition. Right. <laughs> She's approached by one of her classmates, Buster Hyman, for a potential date. She says no thanks, and uh, her friend who is with her, Effie, played by Gail Palmer, notes that she never goes out with anyone. Candy explains that it's her dad. He doesn't think that Candy is mature enough to date. She notes that she wonders if running from class to class is getting her anywhere. She says there are so many people out there in need. As uh, she says that, a car full of a group of men drives by howling at her. Effie notes, there's your fellow man right there. Yeah, the logo for the film gets dragged away by the car when they drive off. Oh, I did notice that. Yeah, it's been pulled away. We need to check up on it and make sure it's okay. I think I generally agree so far with this film's philosophy that you should drop out of college and become a bimbo. That seems like a good solution. You should have done that. Yeah, I don't have the assets for it. That's fair. Yeah, maybe in another life I could have been one. Could have been a bimbo. Could have been a bimbo, but I ended up a clown. (laughs) (laughs) So Effie walks off as Candy continues walking towards the camera until her tits fill the screen through her sweater. Hell yeah. Oh, maybe that's when the logo appears. I don't know. It shows up at some point and then gets dragged away uh, in a hate crime. (laughs) So we see Effie talking to the camera, talking about Candy, but uh, we cut immediately from that to Candy, who is greeting Manuel at home. Oh, yeah. I forgot that. Yeah, Gail Palmer just breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, she likes to talk to the camera. Yeah, she sure does. She doesn't say anything that important, though. No. I wonder if that's her or just, like, someone higher up in, like, PR just trying to make sure her face is out there. They're like, <laughs> oh, she's like, oh, yeah, like a female porn director right. kind of stuff, even though the film might be directed by someone else, if not her. Right. But I don't know if it's, like, it kind of annoys me in a way because I don't really always like that like blatant of attention seeking yeah yeah um, by the way you can send us as much money as you want to a uh, raincoat report at gmail.com <laughs> <laughs> but uh i i'm not sure like i don't hate it but it's just kind of it does feel like she kind of wants to like center herself in a way in like the a lot of like the caribbean caribou whatever it is productions caribbean films, caribbean films productions yeah uh, I don't hate it, but I also don't like it that much. Yeah, uh, well, I don't is... know if it's her choice or... Right, I don't want to put like blame on her if it's like some PR flack being like, get up there in front of the camera and tell everybody what they're about to see. Right. Well, regardless, uh, this is where we get introduced to Manuel, who is a uh, gardener slash handyman who so... works for candy's dad yeah he's just just your general hispanic handyman yes Um. so uh candy greets manuel as she comes home uh he's gardening shirtless of course uh her dad calls her into the house and when she 
starts to walk in. Her dad starts to give her crap about seeing Manuel too much. Uh, he makes a note. What will the neighbors think? Yes. Uh, at one point, it might be later, he definitely uses a slur. That's probably true, yes. There's a there's a thin vein of racism that runs through this film. Yes, there is. We cut to later, and Candy's dad is reading. Candy approaches him, asking if he can fix himself dinner so she can head to bed early and get some sleep. He says that's fine. So apparently Candy's been making her dad dinner every night. I guess that's not too uncalled for yeah. or unheard of. But Yeah. He makes. Uh, she lives there, makes him dinner, and her mom's dead, perhaps. Yes. Um, you know, he can't cook. Uh I'm sure my dad will be dead within like a week's time once my mom goes because he does not know how to do anything. We cut to Candy in her room and she's looking at herself in the mirror. She's got a white sheer gown and she uh, repeats her dad's line, shame, shame, shame about not letting the neighbors see her with Manuel. She notes, after all, she is 20. This is established where as in Pretty Peaches it wasn't. Yeah. I think in the first Pretty Peaches you assume she's over 18 because she's driving her own Jeep around. But in the other two, they're pretty dodgy about... (laughs) She's almost 19, which we've established can be anything. Uh, I think it's worth taking a note here. Uh, The reason we're making a comparison to Pretty Peaches is that this film along with Pretty Peaches, are both uh, based on Voltaire's Candide. Yes, and both came out in the same year, too. Oh, yeah, So, yeah. Uh, I feel like if it's kind of that uh, it's a Dante's Peak volcano situation, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Oh, Gina is in our neighborhood with our pizza. Pizza girl. Oh, yeah. Now it remains to be seen if she will be hot or saucy. <laughs> If she's one or the other, I say bring her in. We'll see what we can do. I wish I still had that fake hundred. (laughs) We could entice her with it to be on our podcast for fake money. (laughs) Gina's here. Uh, Boss is leaving. Now, what's about to happen in this film, I believe, is a dream sequence of a sort. A sort of Freudian psycho sexual trip to the uh recesses of candies and inner worlds now what we see is oh we see our candy and manuel in the garden manuel is dressed as a sort of uh almost a matador perhaps and candy is very lustful and wants to get some stuff anyway boss is back uh he might cut all this (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm just kind of free, free balling, free basing. I'm free basing over here. I'm gacked as hell, and I'm going to eat some pizza. Excellent. Well, uh, Gina was in her car because this was a contactless delivery. By the time I got to the door. She was gone. Uh, so I couldn't really tell how hot or saucy she was, but uh, she didn't seem very saucy in the fact that she didn't even wait to see. If you got it, yeah. If I got it. Well, yeah, okay. Gina, you're on notice. (laughs) So as you had brought up, uh, we got to see a fantasy scene of Candy with Manuel in full Matador gear. Yes. 
as uh, Candy's dad's yelling at him, shame, 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 Candy. What will the neighbors think? I really like those parts. They make me laugh. Shame, 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 Candy. We cut back and forth between the fantasy and Candy masturbating in bed. Then we see her in the fantasy with Manuel in bed, with him going down on her. She keeps saying, oh, Manuel, and giggling. We keep getting cuts from that to her masturbating and her dad saying, shame, 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 what will the neighbors think? And we see her riding Manuel Cowgirl. He says, Candy, so sweet. (laughs) Oh, Uh, yeah. (laughs) A few cuts to Missionary and Doggy and to uh, her masturbating. And she switches to Reverse Cowgirl. We see her in her bed rubbing her teddy against herself. Excellent. Uh, (laughs) No, wait, I don't like that, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Then we see some uh, missionary close-ups and a nice sloppy cream pie gets left. Hell yeah. I do like that. Yeah. Everyone likes a good cream pie. Uh, I certainly do. City of Boston loves them. Oh, yeah. That's why their sports teams are named the Boston Cream Pies. Yeah. And Cleveland loves a steamer. That's right. (laughs) That's why their sports team is named the Steamers. Yes. <clears throat> were they were they the Indians or something, and they changed it now? It's like the Protectors or... I don't know. I'm, that's probably true. Just go with the Steamers. <laughs> yes, the Cleveland Steamers. Yeah, why not? Just lean into it. Uh, we cut to her the next morning as she's waking up. Candy looks out the window and sees Manuel raking. She knocks on her dad's door and then peeks into his bedroom and says oh and leaves yeah he's Uh, not home yeah we figure that out later but i was not sure what that was supposed to mean at first he had died yes in his sleep she's like oh now i can fuck anywhere i want she's gonna bang this guy with the skills that she learned in her dream i think is what's about to happen in the voiceover gail palmer notes that manuel's grasp of english was very limited So we get to watch Candy approach Manuel and offer him uh, to come inside for a cold drink, noting that her dad's gone out. But uh, he doesn't understand what she's saying, so uh, as one does when they want somebody to understand English, she keeps repeating herself louder, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, telling him to meet her in the greenhouse, and he finally, I guess, understands enough of it. And she says, I have so much to teach you. And excitedly, uh, she walks away, and he watches her butt as she's going. Yeah, she's going to teach him English. <laughs> we cut to the greenhouse, and he's working on some plants, and then she walks up with a glass of water and asks him if he has plans for the future. He doesn't understand, so he doesn't reply. She complains about how people need to speak and communicate, and then she keeps talking to him, and of course he's not getting much of it. She says something else about people needing to communicate, and he finally says see to it. She then starts to kiss him, and he starts kissing her back and uh, caressing her. She says he must have a hard time with women, with his nationality being what it is and all. Yes. <laughs> uh, I like this. It's it's pretty funny. Like, it's like a good, like, send-up of that kind of person. Right? Yeah. Her dad starts hollering... She tells Manuel, don't worry, she'll take care of him. 
She explains where her window is and tells him to meet her tonight, uh, but only after her dad's light goes out. <laughs> she notes that she hopes that Manuel gets the right window mm-hmm. as uh, her dad continues to call out. You know that this upcoming scene is the basis for the popular 90s board game, Don't Wake Daddy? <laughs> Uh, so, apparently Manuel does understand enough of what she said, because we cut directly from that to, uh, Manuel fucking Candy. And, uh, he's in her bed, just power-fucking her, but she's not into it and keeps telling him to stop. Yeah, he doesn't speak any English, though, so it's all lost on him. What he does speak is in Spanish phrases that, uh, probably don't... Match up to the subtitles on the screen? Probably not. Uh, I don't speak many languages myself, so... Uh, <laughs> Barely English. Yeah, it's a tough one. <laughs> they say it's uh, one of the hardest ones to learn, so that makes sense that people struggle with it all their lives. Yeah, most languages have very, like, strict rules, and English has a lot of rules that are like, well, it's like this, except in this case... Yeah, we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) She keeps telling him to slow down, and he tells her to be quiet in subtitles. Her dad at this point would have to hear what's going on. Uh, He's still railing her. He says, I chihuahua at one point. Yes. Uh, And then, but but that subtitle does hip hip hooray. Is that not what that means? (laughs) Uh, He also says in the subtitles, remember the Alamo. And at another time, oh, what big tits. It's the gospel of the teacher. It is. Look at those tits. <laughs> Teacherism is like Catholicism, that it's deeply penetrated uh, Southern and Central America. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Praise be the teacher. Praise be him. Who fills our hearts with little mustaches. <laughs> The bed breaks, and uh, Candy tells him to slow down. It's worth noting at this point that no is the same in Spanish as in English. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Manuel should certainly understand what that meant. Well, you ever broke a bed fucking? Yes. Me too. <laughs> I don't think it's because I'm like a power fucker. I think it's because fat. Yeah, I think just that was heavy. the reason for mine as well. Yeah, just heavy fellas. <laughs> Big boys. <laughs> Big bed-breaking boys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we cut to a shot of Candy's door, and it's slightly cracked open, and then her dad comes busting in. We see Manuel get up, and he has a ruined orgasm at bedside. Yeah, it just it's, blows everywhere. Yeah, it just sprays everywhere hands-free. At least he got his rocks off, you know? Yeah. At least it wasn't like total like a blue ball situation. Yeah, he doesn't have the pent-up pressure. Dad uh, uses some slurs at Manuel (laughs) and also calls him a child molester. Although uh, that's certainly not accurate based off of Candy's age. Yeah, I'm glad they established that earlier. Yeah. Dad lunges at him, but he misses and collapses. Yeah, he... Gently bangs his head on the wall and dies. (laughs) (laughs) So we cut to Candy getting to the hospital. 
we get more Gail Palmer narration, and she makes a comment about Candy possibly having trouble finding the room. She says, she's not dumb, but... And then she says a bunch of stuff, which is to say that she's dumb, basically. Yeah. she's uh, She deals with one thing at a time, so she... Is a her confusion is only ever like pointed in one direction or something like that. Right. She's saying that she's special. <laughs> yeah, she's a nitwit. <laughs> to use some medical terminology. Uh Candy indeed walks into the wrong room and uh runs into Dr. High Colonic. Yes, Dr. High Colonic, who is uh having a study on masturbation mm-hmm. and is uh talking a woman through such study. Candy is shocked at what she sees, but when Dr. High Colonic starts to talk to her, he's uh, upset and treating her like a prude. Amongst other things, Dr. Colonic asks Candy if she's even read his book at all, which is called Masturbation Now. He goes on to talk about how masturbation is at the root of all mental illness. Doing it or not doing it? Uh, I believe it's not doing it. That's fair. Like those proud boys and stuff, they don't masturbate and they're fucking insane, so. That's true. Yeah. He says that there's only one way to solve this epidemic of lunacy to take things into our own hands. Yeah, I can get behind this. Uh, he says, Come here to Candy, let me help you, and Candy bails. <laughs> He goes back to coaching the woman to masturbate, and she uses this old-school massager on her clit and like, her fingers as well. I don't like this. It looks like a fucking Marvin Martian-ass vibrator. <laughs> it's uh, got, like, a switch on the side and, like, a knob on the end. Yeah. It's uh, looks like a hot glue gun <laughs> with, uh, like, a sander bit on the end. It's uh, I wouldn't put it on my genitals, but I guess it's good. Yeah. I guess it's good. Uh, This goes on for a minute, and we see the doctor applauding. Then we see Candy running into a nurse in the hallway. Uh, The nurse is acting stuck up and saying that she saw where Candy came from and is being all judgmental. Yeah, she won't shake her hand because she thinks it's covered in cum. But she told Candy where to go when she gave her the room number. It's at this point that we get introduced to Auntie Craven, who is played by Georgina Spelvin. And is there with Uncle Dick, who is uh, the same person as Candy's father, uh, actor-wise. Yeah, Eddie Cannon. Her father is wrapped up in bandages head to toe like a mummy in bed. Yeah, he has amnesia and has gone crazy from bonking his head on the wall. (laughs) That's why they wrapped him up like a mummy. Yeah. (laughs) That's because they didn't have uh, the technology to... uh, make two of a man at the same at the time yeah uncle dick and uh, her dad are uh twins they are dick is drinking the whole time as auntie craven's talking and going on she finally says that she won't spend another minute talking to this drooling mongoloid yeah there's <laughs> so many slurs in this film uh candy busts in dick says that they can't move him He's uh, laying on a bed over there, and uh, Auntie Craven says he's flipped his cookies and that her old man is bonkers. Yeah. Craven says that Candy seems flushed and asks if she's pregnant, and Candy says she isn't. Auntie Craven makes a comment about how she shouldn't act like she's a virgin around her. 
Yeah, they seem to have a very uh, weird relationship. Open but contentual. Yeah. Uh, I have twin grandpas. Oh, yeah. My grandpa has a twin. They're not both my grandpa. (laughs) And they both got, like, dementia at the same time. It's pretty cool how the brain works that way. Yeah. Uh, Because they had the same brain and the, the womb. And it split off into two. Yeah. And drove them insane. Do <laughs> you think that's right? Probably, yeah. I'm going to talk to a neuroscientist to see if I'm close. Why do you have such loud, disobedient cats? I don't know. They've got terrible attitudes. It's probably because it's, it's 6 o'clock and they haven't been fed their meat. I think that's probably the issue. This is ballpark around the time. They can wait a few minutes. Okay. Auntie Craven asks Candy how many boys have been in those pants of hers. Candy, of course, doesn't answer, and Dick tells her that's not appropriate, and finally Auntie Craven leaves. Candy walks over and caresses her dad's head a bit, then talks to Dick about how Auntie Craven doesn't seem to uh, be respecting his needs. Dick kind of hems and haws a bit about it and finally says that they need to worry about her father for now. We cut to later, and Dick is laying on the neighboring bed holding a liquor bottle. Yeah. He's a secret drinker anyway. He was doing that earlier. They were talking. I think being married to this incarnation of Georgina Spelvin is probably rough. It seems like it. And I think she probably went back to the house from indecent exposure (laughs) is where she ended up. Candy tells him that he can't sleep there, but Dick says that Auntie Craven doesn't let him sleep. Candy tells him to relax and tells him that she can help keep him warm. And then uh, he starts to fondle his niece, uh, touching her all over and uh, pulling her hand into his pants. Quickly, this evolves into him sucking her tits, saying, give me your warmth. He uh, finally finishes undressing just as the nurse comes in. Then he darts away from the nurse and uh, lands in the other bed with her dad and uh, rolls onto the floor. Yeah, I'm glad Uh, this scene didn't proceed much further. (laughs) I don't need to see her fuck her comatose father's identical twin. (laughs) Uh, But uh, so it ends up with the nurse having been pulled down with them. So all four of the people in this room are on the floor rolling around and Candy crawls out and leaves, but that leaves Dick her dad and the nurse all rolling on the floor. And uh, one of the brothers gets up and uh, it's actually the dad who unwraps himself and leaves in his gown, saying to the camera, they told me I'd have a private room. And then he flees into the night totally insane. Cookies flipped. Yes. Candy gets out of the pile and starts dressing as Uncle Dick and the nurse are wrestling around on the floor. The nurse gets up uh, after wrestling around with Uncle Dick, and he seems to be knocked out. So she says that people here must have made him crazy. And so we see the nurse wrapping him back up in the bandages like before, thinking that uh, Uncle Dick is Candy's dad, whereas Candy's dad has actually escaped and uh, is terrorizing the countryside. Yes, he's a nightmare. Then in narration, we hear... Uh, about how Candy needs a vacation, with Gail Palmer noting that it's a long way to California. It's at this point that we're introduced to Sean, played by John C. Holmes. 
He's out jogging in his jogging suit. Uh, and then we see him jog up to a bench where Candy's sitting. He says she must be new in town, and she says that she just came in this morning from Michigan, but she had to get away. Sean says that he can understand that. He's like her. He had to get away. But he welcomes her to the city and says that uh, he's a car salesman and he's on his lunch hour, but he invites her to his place, saying that he's a fantastic cook. So she says, why not? Yes. So we see her at Sean's place and she has a seat on the couch. He says he's going to put something in for lunch and asks if TV dinners are okay and Candy says that's fine. Yeah. But he walks into the kitchen and back out in three seconds. Yeah. Uh, and shows her a picture of his mother, then immediately starts saying to Candy that he loves her. She says that he shouldn't say that, and he starts pouting and apologizing. He says that women are all alike. They find out about his deformity and don't treat him well. He says that he'll end up alone and miserable with a thousand cats. He says he's been all over the U.S. and no one can help him. She asks him what he means, and he says that he can't tell her, but she insists. He says she'll run away, and she says she won't. She says she's not like the other girls. And then he gets up and shows off his deformity. He drops his pants and reveals his monster cock. Yes, it sure is one. It's always uh, a sight to see. A real larger-than-life personality. Yeah, He's so skinny and his dick is so big. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like as wide as his arm. Yeah, definitely as wide as his arm. He can punch you in the face with his dick and (laughs) escape into the night. Candy says that what she sees is nothing wrong. And she says that she'll help him and tells him to pull his pants up. And he says, see, she says that he should be glad to have such a big. And then she stops and says, a nice member. She says, it's okay to have something different, and then pauses and says, or special. He says that she can touch it if she wants to, and she reaches up and handles it a bit. He says she can even put it in her mouth, and she does. So Candy starts to blow the monster. Yes. She's very brave. She is. (laughs) Do you think Candy is dumber than Peaches? Yes. I think so. I think that is correct. I don't think there needs to be much debate about it. It's a yes or no question. (laughs) She uh, cradles his balls as she's going. A real expert move. Mm -hmm. After a bit, he says, let me put it between your legs, okay? And she says she can't. And she says that there's another bus she needs to catch. And he says, oh, you're just like the others. And she says she isn't. He says, if she leaves now, he knows that he's going to do something drastic. (laughs) So he's, like, threatening her with suicide or something. Yeah, he's a real good guy. So uh, she leans back on the couch, and he gets down on his knees and starts to fuck her from the floor. But then she tells him he has to stop that. And he asks, cease? Terminate? It's because of this, isn't it? She says, she has blue eyes, he has that. It's okay, everybody's different. He says that he loves her. And he's so close, so she just lets him keep going. (laughs) He pins her legs up and climbs up onto the couch and uh, gets some leverage to really rail her. We get some close-up underball shots and some shots through the mirror in the room. 
She tilts sideways a bit as he goes to town and slows down, and then uh, he gets up and drops a massive load on one of her boobs. Yeah, just one. I feel like loads weren't really loads until Peter North came along, in a way. (laughs) You can't hold everybody to that same standard. Yeah, I just feel like his dick's so big it should just be producing just like a gallon (laughs) each time. That might have been his third load of the day. Who knows, yeah. He also had to be in Candy Goes to Hollywood, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. I'll forgive him this one time, but <laughs> just this once. Candy gets up and says she's going to miss her bus if she doesn't scoot, and she leaves. Then we get more narration, and Gail Palmer says that Candy's Auntie M always calms her, so it's natural that she would go see her. So we see Auntie M with Candy in the car talking about sexual dalliances. She thinks that Candy's been fooling around because Candy's worried she might be pregnant. So Auntie M is going to take her to see Dr. Entry. Dr. Who? Dr. Fillmore Entry. Yeah. There's a whole uh, gag about, she's like, not Dr. Who, Dr. Entry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stupid. (laughs) So we see Candy in the waiting room, and the nurse calls her back after uh, she gets a call from the doctor. She tells her that Candy needs to undress and get in her robe, and so we watch that happen, although uh, she tries to put on the uh, little uh, hospital robe backwards. Yeah, had she never been to the doctor before? Well, the nurse asked if it was her first time seeing a gyno, and uh, it seems like the answer is probably yes. Uh, but I mean, like even like a normal doctor, you have to like maybe sometime disrobe for like a physical. Sometimes, yeah. I don't know. I guess not. Do you think these little paper gowns were new technology in the seventies, and no one had quite figured them out yet? That could be. Okay, I think that might be closer to the truth. I think she might just be dumb. That's also true. <laughs> I think that if you uh, line it up with all the other events of the film, that's the conclusion I would come up with. Okay, I'm overthinking it. I have an amazing brain. Then we cut to a close-up of Candy's vagina, and the camera pulls back. And uh, Dr. Fillmore Entry, played by John Leslie, is there. Yeah. Um, I knew he was in the film, but I knew who he played. I was like, but when they were pulling back, I was like, I bet it's going to be John Leslie. And then it was. (laughs) And then I thought to myself, Paul Thomas should play a doctor, not thinking about the fact that Paul Thomas was in this. Right. But I was like, he played a doctor in Pretty Peaches. He should have just done the same role again. Yeah. But uh, he does something later. Something different. So Dr. Entry asks why she's there, and she says she thinks she might be pregnant. He asks her why, and she's late on her period by a day. He laughs and says a period being late doesn't make her pregnant. Men do. He asks Candy if she's been fooling around, and she nods. He pulls out his speculum and asks her to tell him about these men. Then he says that he should check out her clitoral area, and he starts to rub her, having thrown the speculum aside and using this uh, rather unconventional method. He tells her to close her eyes and tell him about the men. She does, and uh, as she starts talking about Manuel and Uncle Dick and Sean, he penetrates her. And uh, he's getting into it. But uh, after about a minute, he pulls out and comes on her pubes. Then he yells out, Nurse! Nurse Franklin! And the nurse comes in and he says, 
she's just fine. If she doesn't have her period in a few days, just come right back. And he tells the nurse to make sure to get a sample from Candy saying that she has a discharge. And we get a shot of her pubes with his cum on them. <laughs> um, the nurse asks Candy if she's never really been examined before, and she says she has, but never by a doctor. Oh, yeah. Just by John Holmes. Right. We cut to Candy driving with Auntie M and then reading a note from Aunt Craven. She's using a bunch of dirty talk and mentions having a vacation in Italy where she was getting stuffed all the time, basically. Yeah, she got so much Dago cock. <laughs> uh, I think that's the one you can say, right? They're just Italian, so it's okay. Uh, <laughs> uh I thought I'd stop ministrating and start ministronying. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. What a terrible line. Aunt Craven in the note mentions that her dad is missing, saying she realized it when the patient in the hospital was undressed and knew that that was Dick. She says something about him having gone crazy and uh, says that she was getting therapy from Dr. Kalanick. She says that he's not only a shrink, but an inventor, too. And then we cut to a scene of uh, Aunt Craven blowing Dr. Kalanick in a black leather chair. Then she uh, climbs into the doctor's lap and starts to ride his dong crouching. Yeah. Uh, then she rotates 90 degrees uh, without losing it and continues to bounce a bit and then finally finishes uh, turning around and riding him more. She's very talented. Then she's like leaning down on the ground doing like a push-up with her arms. Yeah. And with her uh, butt and legs in his lap and... He's, like, trying to push his dick into her, but he can't really make it, so he just kind of rubs her and stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then uh, she ends up riding him reverse cowgirl and then gets down and strokes him to finish, rubbing it on her face. Nice uh, Georgina Svelvin scene. Yes, very nice. Uh, I don't feel like most psychiatrists or doctors have mullets. Uh, yeah, probably not. He looks like he tows cars. <laughs> We hear Auntie Craven finishing her letter uh, telling Candy not to take wooden dildos. Oh, yeah. It's like wooden nickels. Right. You don't want them. We cut to Candy walking the sidewalk to the Candy theme. I think she might be in L.A. now. Yes. Uh, she's been in L.A. for a while. All Candy-type characters eventually end up in L.A. Yes. Or San Francisco. Yeah, somewhere in California. It's, it's a California city. Yeah, it's a... They've got a California state of mind. <laughs> or something. Uh, I don't know. It's at this point that she runs into Graham Hollander, played by Paul Thomas, uh, who is doing a very accurate uh, Indian-ish accent. It, or Middle Eastern. It's some kind of... Uh, it veers a lot, I feel some like. Some sort of Asian accent. It sounds like it kind of veers from being, like, Indian to, like, broadly, like, European. Right. From time to time, like, a little, like, Swiss, a little Austrian, <laughs> maybe some Swedish, just uh, doing whatever voice he can just to kind of keep the act going. <laughs> he runs into Candy and asks her if she's had her love quotient for the day and places a rose between her tits because she has this red cleavage dress that she's wearing. Mm -hmm. It says that love is a small donation that will feed people or save the soul. 
She says she doesn't have money, and he explains the money is the smallest thing that she could do. Uh, he introduces himself, explains that he is with the Baldy Kishkas. The Baldy Kishkas. Oh, yeah, like the Harry Christman. Yeah. <laughs> like the Merry Christman. Yeah, the Merry Christman. He says that it was no accident that they would meet today. He says that it was the path to her spiritual enlightenment. He asks where this path has taken her, and she says uh, she got on the bus and headed to... And then he stops her and says he means her stage of spiritual advancement. She says she hasn't thought about it, and he says they must begin today. There are many stages to enlightenment. He says that she can live in their house and starts rambling about unshackling the burden of the personality, etc., and Candy obviously doesn't get it. He tells her to come with him and soon she will get it. So she follows him up some steps to a deck and he says that she'll be spiritually uplifted and then walks her into what appears to be an orgy. Candy says, good grief. Yeah, amongst the people in this orgy, we have Joey Silvera Mm -hmm. and Rick Lutz of uh, Frankie and Johnny Were Lovers last week. Yes. Uh, he doesn't get to laugh or uh, deliver any dialogue in this one. No, unfortunately. There's some uh, unexpected gay content. Uh, yes, there is. That shows up in this, too. It's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, he explains that uh, these people are freeing themselves from their senses and that uh, those people are over there are doing an exercise called the rigid nipple. And yeah. a girl is sucking on another girl's nipple. Someone's doing the Yoni Mitchell. Yes, where uh, girls are fingering each other uh, on top of one another. Yeah. He talks about how beautiful it is and says they're on the path to infinite oneness. Uh, There's the Bacon Lotus Tomato, which is a guy who is uh, Joey Silvera, I believe, Mm -hmm. uh, fucking a girl in Missionary while another girl is getting on top and maybe licking his ass. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit of very light ass play. Uh, then there was the Yang Bang, which was doggy with oral. Oh, those um, were the male, people. Male, female. Those were those people that wanted that guy to be president because he was going to send them $1,000 a month. The Yang Bang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. They were all over the place last year. I think they're all dead now because no one ever sent them any money. <laughs> Uh, and then there's the Anita Orange, which was two guy-guy couples giving oral. Yeah, I don't get that one. Uh, he says that these people can achieve true consciousness at a snap of a finger. And then he snaps his finger and all the dudes in the room come. He explains that the path is difficult. and says that many choose, but few arrive. She asks if those people arrived, and he says, no, they've come. He takes her outside and explains that there's a special place he goes to do his most intense meditation. So he goes to, like, an outdoor deck outside and uh, says that first they must shed their clothes. So she undresses completely, but he just undresses to his pants. He has her lay down and says that she must spread her legs and close her eyes and lace her hands behind her head. He says he has no desire in her body. He's interested in her spirit. He says he's going to give her a lesson to soar above her senses. So he starts touching her, pointing out her mystic zones, which were her tits and vagina, of course. Yeah, naturally. Those are the most mystic zones of the body. 
Yeah, so he uh, rubs them a bit, and then he starts to go down on her, and she says, oh my goodness. She asks if he's sure that this is the way, and he says he's sure, and he says something about her mystic zones, and then that she's ready for another lesson. He says she must be aware of sense to control it. Says to notice his penis, it's erect. Even though he has no material desire at all, he's achieved an erection. And tells her, go ahead and touch it. <laughs> he tells her to touch it more and then to squeeze it. And he says they need to act like the people they saw before to achieve cosmic something or another. I couldn't make out what he said, but yeah. then he starts to fuck her doggy style. And he says he'll bestow another mystical power to her, saying that he has control not only of his bodily senses, but his glandular senses as well. And then he pulls out and comes on her ass. <laughs> Uh, she leans back and he caresses her a bit and then another guy comes up and she starts to blow him. He's in a robe, yes, a he's... member of this brotherhood. Yes. Or this family, I guess. It's not just a brotherhood. What do you call it? A cult. Yes, this cult. <laughs> I think that's fair. She starts to blow him and then she finishes him off and as he's uh, coming, he throws his head back and his hood falls down and it's Candy's dad. She, he says, Daddy? And then we get a freeze frame. <laughs> and then uh, at the start of the credits, we get a preview for Candy Goes to Hollywood, the sequel to this. Yes. Which will certainly be covered in the future. Sure. I feel like Gail Palmer gave up like narrating this like a while back. Like, yeah. Like <laughs> Candy wandered beyond like her telepathic range, so she couldn't tell what she was doing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what happened. Yeah, she was scrying on her like, <laughs> from afar with, like, a mystic pool of water. <laughs> um, but she lost her uh, psychic focus. Sad. It is sad, because, uh, as I said at the beginning, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we won't go over what happens in the previews. We'll just leave that to, for another discussion. But uh, look forward to that. But uh, then we get our credits, and that was The Erotic Adventures of Candy. Wow. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back for the Raincoat Review. remind me of this guy i used to work with he had a youtube channel yeah where he would like review food products but also part of it was just watching him eat them <laughs> and i can't think of something i would want to do less than just watch some big <laughs> fat guy eat <laughs> but uh good for him so is it something where, like, you just see him taking a bite, or it's you're watching him for, like, a few minutes eat? I didn't watch a bunch of them, but I think he would just, like, eat the the whole thing. Gotcha. 
We're, we're not just getting a cut of him biting. Yeah, no, you're we're getting watching, him actually you're watching eating him the whole thing. Eating the whole thing and sucking his fingers after he's done. <laughs> and, but it's just some piece of shit that Taco Bell just put out that he has to review. <laughs> then he can't get any work done because he's blasting the toilet. <laughs> you know? Life's hard sometimes. Yeah. You're always busy blasting the toilet it is. <laughs> Alright, well, uh, welcome back to the Raincoat Report. Uh, it's time for the Raincoat Review, so Jeremy... Do your dirty work. Oh, fuck. This is a movie that I had some mixed feelings about in general. I thought it was a mostly enjoyable film of uh, just some dumb bimbo just getting railed all over town. Yeah. But it's a movie that we've seen before, and namely the Pretty Peaches saga. Right. Uh, to a lesser extent, perhaps something like Too Naughty to Say No. Uh, yeah. And the thing about those films is they really go for it. They have some very outlandish and bizarre sex scenes. Yeah. And I feel like what makes me compare this film to those negatively is that a lot of these sex scenes are more uh, traditional. Yeah, yeah. They're uh, they're not bad. There's some good ones. I like particularly the scene with Georgina Spelvin I thought was good. Uh, mm -hmm. Carol Connors and John Holmes is another good scene. Yeah. But, you know, there's no enema, there's no giant dildo, there's yeah. no one, like, jerking off onto the, like, windows of a car. <laughs> so, to me, that's definitely one of the, uh, probably my primary takeaway is that if it's 1978 and I have an erection, I would probably be better suited to go check out Pretty Peaches. Fair enough. But, that said, there, like I said, there is some good stuff in this one. It's pretty funny throughout. It's got... Like I said, good performances by uh, John Holmes and Georgina Spelvin and uh, Carol Connors. I like that the switcheroo between the uh, identical dads becomes important. I oh, like that, yeah. I like that they managed to bring that back. I was worried that that wasn't going to happen. I say it was a film that looked nice. The cinematography was done by a man named Bob Lazar, who was, happens to share a name with a uh, like prominent UFO contact guy like uh he worked at i think he said he he's i think he did work for the government in various capacities but claims to have like a lot of knowledge about like our relationship with aliens and stuff right um as far as i could tell they're not the same guy which is unfortunate that would have been a good side career for him right um so the film looks good it moves along at a good pace it's not too slow or uh anything like that the story's okay. It's just it's one of those things where it's just kind of a bunch of vignettes that are strung together, right? Without really any sort of resolution towards the end, um, except that she had sex with her dad, which really isn't that much different than Pretty Peaches. No, that's pretty much the same as Pretty yeah, Peaches. But uh, I thought that was executed better in there. Yeah. So I would say for like this kind of coming of age sort of comedy porn, there's better choices out there. Right. Overall. But it's still a fun romp. It doesn't, you know, reinvent the wheel or anything, but uh, you could do a lot worse. Yeah. I would give it three stars overall. All right. Yeah. Well, I agree with what you said pretty much all the way, as 
is often the case on this show, I find. You need but to be more of an independent thinker. And I'm just, just going to start. I'm going to like create a podcasting character where I'm a total prick about things. Yeah, and just completely just disagree with everything I say. Yes. Now, this is a fun little film. There's a lot of uh, fun stuff in it. It's got a nice, lighthearted sense of humor throughout and uh, some wacky things like the whole switching dad sequences mm. oh, sequence rather i will give it credit for being better on consent in general than uh pretty peaches yes even <laughs> though it, it gets uh it gets a little fuzzy at times but pretty peaches is pretty explicitly yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's got that going for it for sure i would agree that overall if we're going to approach this subject matter pretty peaches does do it better but this one's a fun movie to watch. Like, if you were making a list of pornos to watch, this should make the list somewhere. Perhaps nowhere near the top of the list, but... Somewhere in the middle. Yeah, it's a it's a nice little movie. So, uh, I will be giving it three stars. Okay. So, uh, that's the Erotic Adventures of Candy for you. The Erotic Adventures of me eating on mic. Uh, you should stop. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Raincoat Report, Raincoat Report at gmail.com if you want to send us money or uh, send us your uh, porn that you found in your walls or, you know, your homemade porn, whatever. Uh, my cat is meowing in the background. <laughs> Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Uh, tell a friend, get people listening. We like that when that happens. But that's about it for the Raincoat Report this week. We've got some uh, fun things coming up in the near future. Yeah. Uh, um, including, but not exclusively, uh, Five Weeks of Fright. Yeah, Five Weeks October of Fright. October and the new batch. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Uh, it'll be a fun time, and we've got some other plans for the future as well, but we'll get into that when we get closer to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a fun couple of months. Uh, I'll seem to be listening again, so keep at it. Stick around. <laughs> tell your buddies. And, tell your tell your wife. And uh, tell her not to forget her raincoat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>